Big Fluff. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. We are emissaries from hell reviewing maligned <laughs> movies and finding their silver linings. And oh my goodness, uh, we have got something amazingly special to wrap up Spider Month. It is the Japanese Spider Man. Yes. So, uh, first of all, to preface this, so obviously our pitch has always been maligned movies. I think that it's fair to say this. I don't even know if this movie is maligned as much as not acknowledged by Marvel. <laughs> like I would say that that is a way of maligning something yes. is by not acknowledging it. Yeah, it seems like slowly. It, it's interesting because like Disney Plus uh, has uh, an episode of one of their shows about it. And it, I, I was actually reading some reporting that they there's at least rumors that it might be in the next Spider-Verse movie. This character might show up, but uh, for the most part, for a long time, this was like the, the Spider-Man that existed in Japan, but was never acknowledged for an American yeah, this audience. Was, this was a thing that just existed. Marvel knew about it. They signed some rights at one point and they made a suitmation TV show romp that was Japanese Spider-Man. It's sort of the equivalent of like celebrities do this where they go do a commercial in Japan because they know that an American audience won't see it. And then it takes the Internet to to have it come out. Right. <laughs> but but That's yeah. exactly what this is. This is the equivalent of Spider-Man doing a deodorant commercial in Japan. It's 100 percent that. And so uh, I'm going to guess that a number of you listening to this have not see the movie and i think that's totally fine and we will set you up for it but um yeah it's okay so in the 1970s i believe it was 1978 yes the show existed it ran for 41 episodes and the movie is a uh 24 minute um episode <laughs> episode that was shot widescreen instead of uh, the normal like four three instead of like four point three to one or to four point one whatever yeah the and, standard TV dimensions of this of the seventies and it seems like the best I could tell it was shot uh for 
like a festival. There was a film festival. I think they just wanted to do a special episode to show, to get people to watch the TV show. Because it, it fit in the chronology between episodes 10 and 11. Yes. Yeah. And then like there's a, a character that was introduced in this that then shows up in the show. So it, yeah, it seems like it doesn't really require you to have seen previous episodes, but uh, you know, it's, it's in the continuity, but not so much that like you would be lost. Uh, and so w- what we did, uh, Andy and I, we watched the first episode and then we watched this movie. Right. Because you definitely need to watch both. Yeah. And so you need to understand where this Spider-Man is coming from. Yes. Uh, and where it's going. And much like, we call that cotton eye joeing in the yes. business. <laughs> <laughs> we cotton eye joed the hell out of this. Uh, but yeah, so this would be a good place to start. Let's Andy, let's let's fill our audience in on the origin story of Japanese well, Spider-Man because they know I, we all know American Spider-Man. We've seen his origin many times. Bitten by a radio- it's exactly the same. Bitten by a radioactive spider. His uncle Ben is killed. Tells him with great power comes great responsibility, and then he devotes his life to being Spider-Man. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think possibly the best way to explain this is um obviously during the intro you heard the opening credits theme that kind of says it all but we'll get into the intricacies of it well and also Uh, we're all assuming that you speak japanese so right uh if you don't (laughs) yeah the lyrics to the song are in the dark valleys between buildings Mm -hmm. his eyes flashing anger he abandons peace he abandons all and races through the sky chasing evil why do you continue to fight risking your life? Earnestly invincible Spider-Man. Oh, and at one point they go change the Leopardon, which is his giant uh, kaiju robot. What's weird is Metallica would use the exact same lyrics for Inner Sandman. No one yeah. ever noticed, but they're, they're identical. <laughs> word for word the same. Yeah. Um, and then they had the nerve to sue everyone for downloading their music illegally. Right. The they hypocrisy. Had a, they were the anti-Napster band. <laughs> Um, so this, honestly, like other than it being a guy in a spider suit, couldn't have less to do with American Spider-Man. Yeah, it seems like the one thing that was clear, and I think this is very smart on Marvel's part, is they said, don't change the costume. He needs to be dressed because if you were walking past a TV screen that was playing Japanese Spider-Man as an American audience, you would go that Spider-Man because he's wearing yes. the classic Spider-Man suit. The red and blue, the, sp- the, the Spider-Man suit we all know and love. Yeah. So that was important, obviously. And it makes sense because this deal was to sell toys. So uh, right. it makes total sense that um, that would be important. But yeah, so the origin of this is that Spider-Man is a uh i don't know if he's a motocross racer he's like a stunt racer he's a stunt racer he loves motorcycles just like peter parker uh his and his motorcycle looks like spider-man before yeah before any of this happens yes so he he is he does motocross his girlfriend is a journalist so there's at least that kind of nod she's a photojournalist kind of like peter parker and then his dad is investigating something. He's a scientist. He's a scientist and he's, he's investigating something. Much like, uh, you know, the Amazing Spider-Man movies where we get this vague right. story about his parents. But so his dad, they go to find his dad. Uh, he falls down a cavern. He meets an alien 
from Planet Spider, who's been trying to communicate with him telepathically, which leads to my favorite bit in the pilot episode where the guy explains, he says, you're the only person who's ever picked up on my telepathy, which is so funny to me. Yeah, we actually had to stop. We watched this one together. This is one of the first uh, pieces of content that we've watched together for the show. Yes. Um, And we were both so dumbfounded. Because what it implies, if that's not funny to you, it implies that this man (laughs) has been trying to communicate with everyone he meets telepathically and has never worked, but he's utterly convinced he can do it. That is the kind of uh, stick-to-itiveness and fortitude that you want in a superhero origin story. But that's not even Spider-Man. That is, um, yeah, that is this. Uh, I yeah, I know he's from guy. Planet Spider. I I don't know if Garia I, from Planet Spider. Yes, is and his name. So he's he's four hundred years old and he's dying. So he does two things before he dies. He injects his blood into this motocross racer and then he turns himself into a spider and then the and then gives spider powers to uh takuya yamashiro who is the uh japanese peter parker yeah and a and a bracelet that has a lot of stuff built of into special it. powers yeah. yeah so then um so then he becomes spider-man oh also he gets yelled at telepathically by the alien for not for being idle and being lazy uh, we also haven't talked about the villains. Who, oh, yes. Who is the Iron Cross Army, who are also led, aliens. Yes, and they are led by Professor Monster. Yes, A+. plus. Professor yeah. Monster is such a great name. Uh, but they also have uh, the other person that's the most prominent in what we watched was uh, Amazonas, who is his right hand, like, right. like his lieutenant. But yeah, it's Professor Monster and Amazonas. And, uh, yeah, they have what what are called ninders, which are their foot soldiers. Right. Uh, I, I refer to them as the beak men. Yes. Because they're just in nondescript. They're kind of dressed like the Greendale human being. Yes. Except they have, uh, very triangular orange beaks. Yes. And then if you're wondering, the answer is yes. Spider-Man has a giant robot. And yes. uh, that's what well, he it? has a giant um, spaceship called the Marveler mm-hmm. and the giant spaceship transforms into the giant robot Leopardon. Yes. And uh, that, who is constantly in awe of things with his weird star shaped mouth. Yes. That and then like spins. He's like a boomerang thing that happens. Like it comes out of his head. It's called the arc turn. Yeah. And he has the sword vigor. Yeah, he has a sword. Also, they there's. Machine BEM, yes, which are biological weapons that are created by the Iron Cross Army, and in the movie, uh, they fight. Uh, it's Sea Devil, Sea Devil, yeah. who is a giant marlin shark monster that yeah, shoots torpedoes can... out of his mouth. Yes, so you know, pretty faithful to. So no notes. <laughs> uh, I think just to be clear, we're not gonna be talking about it like we will not be criticizing this film it's great you should watch no, it if you can yeah, find you, it if you can get access to it um like any criticism you could levy at this it, it's solely it's absolutely a product of the late 70s well from it's, soundtrack to special effects to everything 
um you know it's suitmation so there's like if that's a thing you're into this is i think a really fun example of tv quality suitmation yeah well and it's also i mean we we kind of hinted at it but like it's a television show designed to sell toys which was big in the 70s and 80s yeah. I'm just like, and I mean, still now, I'm not going to pretend like, and then we stopped doing that, but no, and it's, then we wised up and had only educational programming for kids, but it for sure started as a toy commercial and then worked its way into a pitch. You know, they wanted oh, to sell robots and yeah. I, I can tell you for damn sure. If I was aware of this as a child, I would have loved to have a Leopard on toy. I want one now. I, I you know what? Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. I would play with some Leopard on. I would want a sea devil to have do battles with or the giant lizard monster from the first episode was yeah. cool, too. I also say too, like, it, it's interesting because I don't know enough uh, about the the history of this stuff in Japan. But like, for sure, this is a precursor to something like Power Rangers. So like, if that's what you're yeah. thinking of in your mind, uh, this seems like a big like prototype of that where. You know, yeah, they- it's it's this is very similar to Power Rangers. Um you know, Ultraman was very much cut from this mold. Um, all of that stuff. It's, you know, kaiju battles and giant robots fighting giant monsters. It's, you know, I'm amazed that that stuff stayed in Japan for as long as it did. Yeah. That it took so long to make it across the sea because it's freaking cool. It's fun. And it's, yeah, I mean, you know, Andy and I, we both grew up in the 80s and it's like, this is a lot more fun than a lot of shows we were getting. <laughs> In America in the 80s. I mean, I loved the hell out of some Voltron, though. I'm just going to put yes. that out into the world. That yeah. was my jam. Giant robots. Yeah. Yeah. F- fighting giant monsters. Uh, I One thing that I do, again, I'm not maligning anything because I love all of this, but yeah. I think one thing that may be worth noting is, again, so obviously the, the big concern was the suit. The suit has to match. It has to be Spider-Man. But I think what's fascinating to me about this Again, all of the alien stuff, all of the robots, I kind of understand that. That's it. But like, to me, the core of Spider-Man is, again, it's the line that we've all heard a million times that with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, wait. I thought it was I'm an emissary from hell. Right. So that's exactly what I'm getting at is that what's wild and it's in the lyrics too, like, to the theme song and everything is like. It's very clear that this Spider-Man, it's like, you must abandon your regular life to be an emissary from hell to be like, you know, I mean, he's way more Batman than Spider-Man. He's the knight. Like he's. Oh, yeah. He, he's is, he is the knight. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I want to bring it up now just because. So the lyrics to the intro, the yeah, English do translation. Do it. Um are bananas yeah go for it even more bananas is the end credits lyrics andy why don't you hit us with those lyrics all right the footsteps of hell echoing in the deep darkness (laughs) father sleeping beneath the tombstone a cruel fate hidden in your heart goodbye my friend my sworn friend all alone all by myself i will run in the wilderness the red sun is setting in the hill of sunset. The days of love are phantom dreams. Please forget it, the fragrance of flowers. Goodbye, my friend, my sworn friend. All alone, all by myself, I will run in the wilderness. The farewell that descends when the bell rings. I don't have the voice to call anyone now. Drying my tears in vain tomorrow. Goodbye, my friend, my sworn friend. All alone, all by myself. 
I will run in the wilderness. There are emo bands that dream of writing something. <laughs> oh my God. That- there is. Getty Lee just heard that and is like, man, if I'd gotten a hold of that in the 70s. <laughs> No, Rush would have become, Rush would have actually been as revered as they should have been in their time instead of like everybody like oh wait Rush was pretty cool. But yeah, that is so darkly poetic and just so full of emotion for again a children's television show designed to, to sell, sell action giant figures. robot toys. Yeah. Which again and I love it and it's iconic, but in America around the same time we got Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Spins right. a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out. Look out. There comes there the comes the Spider-Man. Yeah. We also got na 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 Batman. Which I think we do need to point out because the Batman movie predates uh the Spider-Man movie. By about 14 years. And there there seems to be some lifting of that na 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 in yeah in there the, there is the um in the movie there is an action scene when he goes on the boat where sea cat or where sea devil and amazonas are plotting to destroy the industrial complex and it is like a note for note lift of the batman song yeah also thank you for pointing that out because i did write that line down amazonas one of the in addition to the emissary from hell line from the pilot amazonas says crush the industrial complex you know as you do (laughs) amazing actually so let's talk a little bit about the plot of the movie because it is just as bananas as the plot of the show yes okay yeah yeah. i think we can go we should go beat for beat because i don't know that's what we're doing yeah yeah yeah. because there's nothing to malign about this it is all great no notes Mm -hmm. but it is bonkers okay so we open with spider-man is in some kind of enclosed room in the dark and he's locked in and trying to escape so that's that's and, where we start and he falls into a trap by the evil professor monster great name yeah professor still great professor monster um i loved that professor monster taught me the abcs as a child and i'm so happy about that <laughs> it does sound like a vague knockoff Sesame oh, Street. it sounds like a Sesame Street character, yeah, for sure. Or like an alternate character, like uh, if Cookie Monster he eats a vegetable and then becomes Professor Monster instead of Cookie Monster, it's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. <laughs> that's solid. <laughs> like, that's pretty good. I'm pretty sure Professor Monster was the red, who, the one who read us Monsterpiece Theater. I think. Yeah, that was Professor Monster. <laughs> Um, or it's Cookie oh. Monster's dad and he's mad that Cookie's I, not following in the footsteps. Th- see, that's so funny. I think what I was about to say is I pictured it as his brother. <laughs> and his brother, you know, so his brother's like, all right, look to your left, look to your right. One of you will not graduate monster school. And then they're like, wait, is your brother the one who eats all the cookies? And he's like, God damn it. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, anyways, so luckily, it turns out that Spider-Man is not in the clutches of the evil Professor it's Monster. It's a dream. Yeah. It's all a dream. So he wakes up from the dream. So we get like a zoom in on his face. He's like standing in the yard. I was also confused. Like it, he didn't wake up in he was like, bed. He like jumped up out of like a like a chaise lounge beach chair. Yeah. He was not in bed having this night. It was outside. But yeah, so he jumps up. He's He realizes it's a dream. But... Then realizes that his girlfriend and brother have been kidnapped. 
Yes. So the one thing that was bad didn't happen, but a different bad thing happened. A different bad thing happened, and he gets a phone call from an anonymous, shady businessman type. Who says, I've kidnapped them. Come to this location if you want them to live. And so he does. And then the guy gets him locked in a room and says, I'm from Interpol. And I'm and they're actually fine. I just invited them here to go play in the swimming pool, which is insane, <laughs> is bonkers because he knows his identity. That's the whole thing that we find out is he figured out the secret identity of Spider-Man. But instead he's, he's from Interpol because he's from Interpol and he's been watching and he, he figured out the connection to the family and he pieced it together. <clears throat> Why not go to his house? Why not? Yeah, just visit him. Why all the cloak and dagger shenanigans? But Maybe also, I guess to show that he was legit? I guess, but I don't know. I don't know how you are, Andy, but if someone were to kidnap Molly and our dog Jolene and then be like, hey, they're actually fine and work with me, I'd be like, no. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I'm not purporting myself to be any sort of expert on Japanese culture. But I'm going to assume that random invitations from strangers to go to hotel pools is not the norm there. That shouldn't really be the norm anywhere. <laughs> no, it really shouldn't. Yeah. Um, also, and, they, again, it's like the guy's girlfriend and a child. And a, yeah. And I will say that the pool looked awesome. It, it had water slides. It had like a wave pool. It was badass. Again, show up, invite them all to the pool wait for them to agree to go and then let them swim in the pool while pull, you talk to Spider-Man. And then pull Yamashiro aside and say, yeah. hey, by the way, I'm from Interpol. Yeah. Yeah, I know you thought you were coming by for a pizza party, but actually I'm from Interpol. For a little swim. Yeah. Which again is deception, but like nicer. Right. And there's pizza. Yeah. Who doesn't want pizza? Yeah. So, so that happened, and he agrees to work with him, I guess, because out of fear for the, his family's lives. Well, because he realizes that, okay, so if these guys know, then it's possible that the Iron Cross army could know, too. Because sure enough, they show up immediately afterwards. Which, I think the implication was that they followed Spider-Man. I wasn't really sure how they knew to show up, but they do. Yeah, and the Beakmen, the Nindas, Ninders. And the, that just uh, sounds like a slur. I don't like that word. It, yeah, it, it sounds odd. Um, uh, but, but anyways, the beak men show up wasn't with Amazoness. Isn't that one of the name of the guys in uh, Workaholics? Beakman? <laughs> no, Ninders. <laughs> Ninder. Oh, I think it might have been, yeah. Something like, it's like Durs, I think they call it guys. Oh, Anders is his Anders. name, but they call him Durs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so it's him. It's an army of yeah, them. It, it, it's Anders Holm from Workaholics. <laughs> Just, it's him in a, a human, human beings it, outfit from Community. <laughs> With a giant orange beak. Um. Anyways, and then Amazon Ness is oddly not dressed in her normal garb. She's just dressed like a person. It's beach day. I mean, everyone. Yeah, is, it, it is, is a pool party day. day yeah. so you gotta wear like. But the weird thing is, her regular outfit far more skimpy and revealing than her normal beach day outfit. Mm -hmm. No, that's when she's Amazonus. But you know, that's you know, that's just her nine yeah. to five. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyways. So this leads to a fight scene. Um, the Interpol agent gets kidnapped by the Iron Cross Army. 
so that they can interrogate him and try to find out who Spider-Man is. Uh, and this is where they decide they're going to crush the industrial complex from their freighter base. And then Spider-Man shows up on a helicopter or no. No, Spider-Man. He, yeah, he just shows up. But like he, climbs he takes up his a, flying car. Yeah. And he parachutes a Spider-Man doll out to draw away their fire. Yeah, that's right. He throws. There's just like they. So Spider-Man like lands on the boat and they all swarm to attack. And then they realize it's just a doll. Well, because they show the Spider-Man suit just getting riddled with bullets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're and all then in- they're like, wait, it's a doll. And then they show Spider-Man climbing up the side of the boat. Yeah. And uh, there's another action scene. And then which um, also there's an action scene where Spider-Man is running and there's a helicopter chasing him. And on either side of him are just walls of flames, towering infernos. And there are, you know, bullets like ricocheting off the ground. And I just I I think I said something to you when we were watching it, too, of just like. How many Spider-Men did they go through? Like, how many guys, stuntmen in suits were murdered? 17. Because that's the other thing. Watching all of this, there is no green screen. There is no No, CGI. No, this is all live in person and probably one take. Yes. Yeah, I can't imagine they had a huge budget, but like everything Spider-Man does, if he's swinging across like a web, if he's climbing up something some guy did that like they yeah and and the the thing so he runs from there's the flames on either side of him there's all these bullets like shooting off the ground and then he ends up like tom cruise style grabbing a hold of the helicopter and he's just hanging off the side of a helicopter as it's flying right and chris from Macquarie, tom cruise if you're listening and we know that you are yes uh i think we've got mission impossible 7 if you are, we haven't done anything yet. Well, they I know they are filming it because I remember that story that Tom Cruise yelled at everyone for not following COVID protocols. So they, they've at least right. filmed so, something. All right. So if you're already done with seven, eight. watch this to get some imp- imp- uh, inspiration for eight. Yeah, um, I would watch. Why not have a giant robot mech in MI8? Well, that's the thing is you think it's not related, but Interpol's already in this movie. So it's not that much of a stretch, you know, to just to just go ahead and have, you know, the Mission Impossible force to have uh, MI6, you know, like have them all. Yeah. Yeah. Just put them in the mix. Yeah. Why not? Just wrap it all up in a neat little bow. Also, man, can you imagine Amazonas showing up and saying, uh, Sorry, what is the line? I crush the industrial complex. Crush the industrial complex, and then they're all about to do it. And then she puts her hand up to her face, rips off the mask, and it's actually Tom Cruise. Amazing. What? Yeah. Uh, But yeah, and then we have our pretty standard kaiju fight with uh, because Marveler, the spaceship, turns into Leopardon. He destroys and uh, Sea Devil becomes giant. Just yeah, because that's the thing that happens with the BEMs. Yeah, the machine bombs. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then um, you know, he throws a couple of kicks. He throws the arc turn boomerang. He brings out Sword Vigor. He slices him up, saves the day, and then the bananas end credit theme hits. Mm-hmm. Did you do the lyrics for the? End yeah, I did, yeah, and they're okay. yeah, super yeah. dark and crazy. Yeah, no, there's. Also, let's not forget that uh, Spider-Man shakes hands with the Interpol guy who kidnapped his family. Right. As they agree to work together to now fight against the Iron Cross army. Mm -hmm. And then apparently that guy shows up in the show. We haven't watched him yet, but no, we haven't. I I intend to. Yeah. 
Here's a question for you. Any chance that Kurosawa watched this show? You know, Kurosawa, greatest <laughs> Japanese filmmaker right, of all your greatest Japanese, One of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Was Akira alive Kurosawa. when this film came out. You think he saw it? Yes. Yeah, right? He, his his uh, good-for-nothing grandson dragged him to it. <laughs> he was like, Grandpa, I know you make movies. You've got to see the coolest movie ever. Look, what you do is okay, Grandpa, if people like samurais or whatever. But it's like, check yeah, seven this samurai. Out. I'll take one Leopardon any day. I think he would, yeah. I think Leopardon would take down seven samurai. I mean, they, like, regular samurai took some of them out. They didn't all make right. it out of that movie. No, they did not all make it. So, um, yeah, what chance would they have? Yeah, I almost none. Yeah, I just, I don't know why. I just had that image of, like, I, I just would love Kurosawa and his grandson to, to sit down and watch this. Mainly because I have very fond memories of my own grandfather uh, watching Face Off with me. <laughs> and then just like, and I was, I loved that movie so much. And him, my grandfather, who had been in Vietnam, just being like, you know, I, I, like this movie's not very realistic. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what part? Yeah, I have, um, I don't think I ever subjected my grandfather to any of my dumbass IP that I was into as a child. I even, uh, up until his death, I, like, as an adult, I got him to listen to one of the first podcasts I ever did, and he said, that was very nice, don't ever ask me to do that again. <laughs> He's very supportive, he, he, like, he always checked in on everything I did, but yeah. Oh, that's, that's nice now. Um, yeah, my grandfather, you know, loved him to death, you know, he was really good about spending time and, like, you know, playing with us and doing all that. Uh, he was not going to suffer any of my BSIP that I wanted him to be to show him that I was interested in. It was definitely one sided in terms of like the quality, because uh, that's what I was showing my him. Meanwhile, like he's the guy who owned Star Wars when I was a kid and owned Indiana Jones, like paid way too much money for those VHS tapes. Right. Uh, and like, so that's how I saw all of those franchises, <laughs> like, you know, as early as I can remember. Yeah, no, my grandfather, I remember watching, like, Alfred Hitchcock movies, like, To Catch a Thief and uh, some of the other, like, Jimmy Stewart ones. And so, yeah, so way better than any of the nonsense that I was, like, I'm not going to make him watch an episode of The Real Ghostbusters. Hello, Mary. Mary, I'm, oh, Mary. I'm, I'm using my binoculars just for normal reasons, and I think there's a murder. There's a murder across the street. <laughs> Can't believe it. Just just go over there and look at look at look in the look in the telescope. Just, just gonna, take a look. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch you while you're doing it for normal reasons. <laughs> this, this, this is my rear window. <laughs> that guy was a creep. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, I, I loved every second of a Spider-Man Japanese TV show movie. It's. I mean, it is super fun. It's. It, uh, like, I, I think this is kind of what we said of like, again, so it's it's more forgotten than maybe maligned, which, again, I think is a form of being maligned. But it, it seems like slowly, you know, and the Spider-Verse really opens up the possibilities to sort of embrace this stuff. And I'm very excited to see like what Lord and Miller do with it. But, see if they may even, even if they make a couple of passing references. But yeah, I mean, 
I gotta be honest, like I'd watch a movie now in this world with mm-hmm. this Spider-Man. Yeah. 100%. Like dude, I would watch a live action version of this now. Yeah, definitely. And I would hope they still went suitmation and didn't go CGI for the giant kaiju fights. Yeah, no, you would like, I feel like that would be the inclination and it would ruin it. Uh, but yeah, just do. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm fine with Godzilla being CG in like the legendary pictures movies. I think it was, I loved, I've enjoyed to loved all four of them, but I think with this, like you'd have to keep it suitmation. Do you think the robot could, could be, could Leopardon be CGI or? I would say I'd be more okay if the machine bems were CGI than if Leopardon was CGI. I'm going to put that out there. Yeah. I feel like maybe the transformation could be CGI, but then you, you get I back. mean, you could like augment it with CGI probably, yeah. and there'd be some green screen stuff and probably not put the lives of your stunt performers at risk in such a way. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. I think for sure the web slinging and all of that, and any explosions can be done with can be CGI. done with like safety nets and- yeah things like that and like over green screens to like change the depth and all that sure but um but no i think a lot of the charm of the villains is that they are because they all seem like kind of human hybrids like i I get what you're saying about godzilla where i'm okay too with godzilla being cgi because at at its heart you know godzilla's always been like a giant lizard so right uh it it makes sense like that it actually kind of looks better now but yeah, like for these, they're they're sort of human animal hybrids. They they all feel very like Island of Doctor Moreau. Like, well, yeah, kinda... and I mean, they all have like, like Sea Devil. Abs- like, if he showed up as a mascot for a double A baseball team, I would not have been surprised. Who who can you know? I talked about my grandfather, but one thing I didn't mention was uh, those Sundays when we'd go to see the Asheville Sea Devils. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really great you know landlocked hot... Asheville, north carolina sea devils it was an odd choice but uh you know we'd get a hot dog you know he, he'd have a nice cold beer and uh we'd just watch the sea devils game <laughs> <laughs> while the giant marlin shark monster danced yeah. through the crowd to cotton eye joe who doesn't love sipping on some cheer wine and watching the sea devils <laughs> I mean, I have nostalgia for that, and that's not even my youth. Yeah, you missed out, man. It was, it was a good time. I did. I really did. <laughs> um, oh, man. But like... But no, but when they would play, uh, you know, the South Carolina Professor Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those Columbia Professor Monsters. They're arch rivals. They're perpetual... Uh, enemies as they were chasing that a leak pennant <laughs> oh man i think i did that the wrong way it's triple a right the more a is bigger yeah yeah the well, more yeah. a is the higher level yeah no so i went a okay i did that right i wanted the joke to be that they were like they were looking for the smaller pennant yeah uh they have to work their way up uh yeah but yeah uh yeah I, uh I would say uh, of all the properties that we've talked about on this show, uh, this is, I think is up there. Like if you're at all intrigued by what we said, then granted we've spoiled everything, but I still don't think that matters. I, I still think you can go back and watch it. I would argue we spoiled nothing. 
<laughs> I I would argue that I could tell you even like if we just sat here and described every scene, it would never do justice to watching it. Yeah, I, w- I would say like this more than if there's other things that you haven't seen. I think this is is worth trying to find. It's not the easiest thing in the world to find, but it's out there. I would just I would put that out, too, because uh, it's weird. At one point, Marvel briefly did. It was 2009. I think they briefly put this stuff up with English subtitles on their website, I think for like the anniversary or something. And then they pulled yeah. it back down. It was only up for a very limited time. But like with Disney Plus, again, I'm sure you have to figure out the rights or whatever, but no reason this shouldn't be on Disney Plus right now. Yeah, why not? Like you should be able to watch every episode. You know, that that's the kind of because, again, they don't own Spider-Man outright. So you you have to like the new movies, you know, with Sony, they can't put those on there. But I would have to imagine with Disney money you could get the American streaming rights to just throw in this up there. Like, why not? Yeah, for sure. Um, Because they have, they own like everything except for the movie or the cinematic movie rights to Spider-Man. Right. Because they, yeah, that that's, they, that's what they sold to Sony, but they own the character. So. Right. And that's like, they own the character. They own any TV show. If they wanted to do, they could do Spider-Man, anything animated. Um, The, the Marvel rights are wild. Like all this stuff where like now. Uh, characters from the Netflix shows are showing up. Right. Into... Well, yeah, it's it's all like because the reason that Sony owns Spider-Man and Universal owns Hulk, although that's like up in the air now, because I guess there is going to be a Mark Ruffalo Hulk movie coming. Is because in, in the late 90s, Marvel was almost bankrupt, so they sold off all these characters just to try to make some money to the movie rights. And then they're like, wait, we could make the movies ourselves. Well, right. I mean, at that point, and I think that all predated Disney owning Marvel, too. It did. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, you know, the company itself, uh, you know, and I mean, that's at the time, too. It's now, now when uh, No Way Home is continuing to set box office records, it seems ludicrous to, to have ever not one of the rights. But like. Before this recent thing, I mean, especially with Marvel, like DC, it's so funny to think DC had such a clear lead where like DC had the Superman movies in the 70s. It had the Michael Keaton Batman franchise. Then even after the Shoemaker one, the Schumacher ones, like it was they were able to just transition into the Nolan Batmans. They like all of that was such a lead on movies. and then. Marvel with Iron Man launched the MCU, but like until that, I mean, Daredevil with Ben Affleck flopped, you know, like the, the X-Men the, movies, the Tobey Maguire movies did very well, but yeah, like the X-Men, the X-Men movies, X-Men movies did really well. The first two did really well, both critically and commercially. Yeah. And but, diminishing but returns very quickly. But yeah, it was like, it wasn't a sure the fantastic thing. four movies were hot garbage no we could do a whole month of fantastic well there's only three of them but we could do yeah. all three of them oh no there's four sure. we could do the harvey corman one. Oh god that would be fun we should do the harvey all right corman. so stay tuned <laughs> for a future month where we watch a bunch of fantastic four movies but yeah i mean all of that to say uh put this up on disney plus this series is great uh i i really i'm serious like i want to watch the rest of them i haven't had the chance yet but like there's 41 episodes 
I got I gotta know. I gotta know what happens with Professor Monster and Does he end up do they were they able to like wrap up the storyline? Was he able to finally defeat Professor Monster? Yeah, and I won't read ahead. I have to watch it, you know. I need to know if his blood quest Yeah. Is. We also have to I think we have to set this I, way too late in the podcast to do this, but I think we have to also explain what Professor Monster looked like. <laughs> you know, that's that's true. We we have not described Professor Monster. I think we gave an image of uh, Cookie Monster, but with a lab coat and glasses, which is what I hope you've been picturing up until now. And you know what? Not totally wrong. Um, he kind of he has like a strong like Ming the Merciless vibe from Flash Gordon, uh, except he has like a half metal face with like a uh, like a radio dish as an eye. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know why I didn't expect our references to be so community heavy, the TV show community, but he looks a little bit like Kick Puncher. He does have a Kick Puncher thing going on, too. Yeah, Yeah, where it's like very low budget. We glued something that's supposed to look robotic to half of your face. That's just metallic, you know? Yes. Yeah, so he has um, that, and he's like, what is, describe what he's wearing. Like, how would you describe, like, his outfit? He's kind of also dressed like uh, number one from the Stonecutters episode of The Simpsons. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. Except yeah. he has, like, the kick puncher, like, metal face. Yeah. That's exactly what he looks like. And, and he's Japanese. Yeah, and he's an alien. Yes. And he hangs out with Amazonus, who's also an alien, who's not from the Amazon, as far as I know. Right. But I guess I was kind of glancing through the Wikipedia. There is actual Amazons that show up. Okay. All right. Because why not? Yeah. And again, yeah, there's a planet spider. Yes. Yeah. Which is where Garia got his powers that he was able to pass on to uh, Takuya Yamashiro to give him the Spider-Man powers. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And oh, and there's the car. He has a flying car. Yeah. Separate from Marvel or the spaceship that turns into Leopardon. Uh, we also, the other thing that we didn't really talk about is all of the names are great for the episodes. If you just look at the episode list, the pilot episode is called The Time of Revenge Has Come, Beat Down Iron Cross Group. Uh, and they're all like, Mysterious World, The Man Who Follows His Fate. Uh, Phantom Thief versus Spider-Man, the terrifying half-merman, the miracle-calling silver threat. Episode 10 might be my favorite. To the flaming hell, see the tears of the snake woman. Again, so many of these could have just been rock albums. Like, the fact that America, this didn't cross over and didn't get to influence, like, generations... Just think where we would be if, like, the 80s and 90s had this as source material for their hits. Oh, my God. All of these are amazing. Uh, Cockroach Boy, Great War. (laughs) Uh, Fall to the Great Skies, Father's Love. I, like, dedicated to my father the song of a brave man who cannot fight. (laughs) To the absolute crisis, the imitation hero. Dude. Oh, man, we messed up. We didn't watch episode 17, Pro Wrestler Samson's Tears. Oh, man. Nor did we watch episode 27, Farewell War Buddy, Beloved German Shepherd. <laughs> okay. There's something very sweet about the front of the alley boys detective group. <laughs> too. 
Also, there is no child-taking detective tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, These are... The oh, boy this... who teases the horrible wild girl. <laughs> <laughs> the final episode is called The Hero's Shining Hot Blood. Oh, man, they're all great. Oh, they're all, yeah. all of these are great. I Surprising was... camera, murderous event. There's a pro wrestler episode. I wonder if that's uh, their version of Bonesaw McGraw. They didn't read any uh, comics. No, they did. That is not. Uh, Crusher Hogan was the actual guy from the comics. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they didn't read any of that. Either. <laughs> from the unexplored Amazon, here comes the mummified beautiful woman. They're all really beautiful. These are all. All of these are great. <laughs> yeah, I. Do yourself a favor. Turn this podcast off. Well, don't yet, but we're about to wrap up. Yeah, we're, then, we're about to wrap up. But when we're done, just go find these and, and yeah, watch go them. To, go look at them. No, they're they're great. Also, yeah, if anyone has a line on uh, where Andy and I can pick up some Leopardon action figures, please, please let us know. Holler yeah. at your boys. <laughs> I mean, holler at your boys and get us a Leopardon action figure. Um, if you don't want to donate to a Patreon that doesn't exist, you can just send us some Leopardon action figures. But also give us money. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. you want to. Yeah. Give us money. <laughs> That's not been clear. Yeah. We'll take it. Uh, if you want us to write the Japanese Spider-Man American movie, we'll do it. Yeah. I just look, man, being an emissary from hell doesn't pay as well as you think it would. So, you know, we're, we're yeah. struggling. Yeah. It, being an emissary from hell, there's not a lot of fringe benefits. It's, uh, it's a real nine to five game. Holy you shit. Know. Andy. That was episode 37's title. Being an, <laughs> an emissary from hell, there's not a lot of fringe benefits. Episode 37. Oh my god. <laughs> Are we writing these? <laughs> Did we write these? This Are we a, in a time loop? <laughs> this is our David Lynch moment where we realize Japanese Spider-Man does not exist and it's just a figment of our imagination. <laughs> That's why no one else can find it. Is because the movie it never... keeps going. <laughs> this is the movie right now. I do oh, think man. we should crush the industrial complex. So you know what? I think we did write these. Yeah, I, I, I do know that crushing the industrial complex is the only way forward. Yeah, uh, I've enjoyed Spider-Man month. This is I have really enjoyed Spider-Man. We've got a couple of uh, visits from our good friend Jonathan Davenport. Yeah, he's been uh, pounding on my door this whole episode to get in to talk about Japanese Spider-Man. And I've been <laughs> like, buddy, we would love to have you. But like we had you twice. Yeah. <laughs> He has a lot of thoughts, though. Yeah, a lot of thoughts. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. Uh, next month is February. We got some uh, rom coms coming up. I was and say, you want to hit them? You want to tell them what we're doing? I'm gonna. I'll, I'm not gonna let you in totally. I'm just gonna say uh, it's gonna be the bomb. It is. It is. It is definitely. It's gonna be <laughs> going, the bomb. Going to be the bomb. So check back. And as always. Holler at your boys. Holler at your boys. <laughs> I really thought I was going to have a tagline and I didn't. No, I didn't. Nothing. Yeah. Maybe next month. Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. How many times has this happened to you? I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't 
take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network.